You are listening to the Regent College Podcast. Hello, I'm Nick Corbin. And I'm Claire Perini. And welcome back to the Regent College Podcast. Friends, today we're talking with Alejandra Ortiz about, um, we talked about a whole lot of different things actually, but uh, a lot about... Um, cross-cultural mission and how we understand that and particularly uh, between the US and Latin America and particularly between the US and Mexico but uh, and so Alejandra works in Tijuana for IFES the International Fellowship for Evangelical Students so we talked about sort of the immigration issues and how we understand that in terms of border relations but then also how do you understand mission and short-term mission and um, what is that actually? What is mission and how do we understand that? We also talked about the work, her work amongst students and some of the questions that um, they're, they're seeing that Latin American students are asking in the ways that IFES is seeking to come alongside students with those questions to sort of train them and equip them to integrate their faith and their, the, the issues and the questions that they've got in their context, both in the, at the university level, kind of academically, but also in their society as a whole. It was really encouraging to hear Alejandra share specific stories in which students are have integrated their faith and their studies, and even even for her to share with us um, what rose out of Latin America, the Misión Integral, the holistic mission, and how that is being seen in in students' life, how the kingdom is inbreaking in students' life, and also for her to share with us kind of the lament of. Um, immigration and, and, and border relations, but also to hear what her church and many churches in Tijuana and Mexico and across Latin America are doing to, um, yeah, to be with and uh, to meet, meet the needs in a very practical way um, when it comes to immigrations and migrants. So it was, it was a very encouraging and broadening conversation. So friends, we hope you enjoy our conversation with Alejandra Ortiz. Alejandra, welcome to the Region Podcast. It's so good to have you. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here with you all. We're so we're so excited to just have a conversation with you. We, you and I, just caught up a little bit, which has been great. So we'll we'll jump in. But do you want to tell us, just as we begin, give us a little bit of a sense of your own faith journey, and then maybe how that intersected with you coming to Regent? Yeah, um, I became a Christian when I was 15. I grew up in an anomaly Catholic family here in Mexico, and. Um, it was through some high school teachers that they were sharing the gospel and they invited me into a Bible study and they had not come to know Christ through Bible studies in their university, mm. uh, connected to COMPA, which is the International Fellowship of Evangelical Students, uh, IFES in, in Mexico. So basically, uh, it was all about like just inviting students to come to know Jesus through the gospels, through the Bible and um, I was not excited about it in the beginning, but then that <laughs> was uh, working in my own life. Um, and yeah, and I said yes, and I wanted to know more about who Jesus was. And it was a good uh, a good chance of doing that. So I started um, learning more about Jesus through the Gospels with other students, with my prof- with my teachers. And yeah, and became a Christian during a summer, actually. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was pretty like that. I thought that that was all Christians did that. They like they did Bible studies in their schools, like whatever type of school. <laughs> like found out that that was not true. <laughs> but, that, um, but that just was a lot of my faith journey. So I, I was very interested in learning more about like, theology and questions about just what yeah, understanding more about God, what was God doing in the world and in Latin America and what what how we understood mission in terms uh, in relation to justice and to injustice mm, and mm-hmm. and to a lot of other things that I was also curious. And so that was my 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 high school years, my university years, trying to connect faith with what I was studying, with was which was history. And through that um, journey, meeting some people within IFES in Latin America who had done more theological studies and some of them had come through to Regent and then mm-hmm. Regent had some relationship with IFS uh, and offering some, some um, scholarships back then. And so, so that, so that got me thinking about the, the possibility and hearing some stories 
And but also was I was invited to not go right directly out of college to to doing my studies, but to actually have a chance to have more questions mm-hmm. um, going to do a master's in theology. So so that's what I did. And I started by distance and then, um, yeah, decided that region seemed like a, a, the place that I wanted to do uh, studies and then did distance education. And then we went for a year with my husband and our first daughter was born there. And mm. yeah, so, so yeah, that's a bit of the story. Yeah. Wow. I'm just curious how your time at Regent was, like, how did it shape or form you? Or did you leave, like, you know, having all your questions answered? Or did you, did you have more questions when you, like, what, what was it like for you? Can I ask mm-hmm. you another, can I ask you another, but kind of as part of that, like, yeah, what, yeah. Que- so as you were thinking, I, you need to come with more questions, what questions did you come with? And then, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. then how did that, how did Regent answer or not answer or give you more questions? Yeah. No, no, that's a good question. So when I came to Regent in 2016, I had been serving full-time in ministry for about six to seven years at that point. Um, and had already done half of my master's through distance education in summers. So um, so I had a lot, I mean, I had questions about just, that's, I mean, I can't even remember the questions, mm-hmm. but right. I think it was more around just like how to understand God's a global work um mm, and mm-hmm. how what part i played and just like questions more around mission uh mm-hmm. wanting to understand more things about just the history also of mm-hmm. of missions work in latin america and in border situations um yeah so i those those things but then i was also very tired so mm-hmm. so actually when we were there at regent it, we were able to take a sabbatical to study i was able to do that so for me, the opportunity to go to region was actually an opportunity just to be renewed by God that time at that time. So, so yes, I had some questions that had to do mm. with faith, with lack, with wanting to integrate, but then also just um, wanting to to find God, to meet God, to meet community, to be able to be yeah, refreshed, renewed in my faith, yeah. and and that that's what happened. So hmm. uh, it was it was through friends, through professors, through just having time to read and to enjoy, of course, Vancouver and all its seasons. Um, that's, that's what got, got brought in that season. So it's been mm-hmm. like for, for my family, for me and my husband, it's just one of those seasons where we remember as like with, with a lot of um, warmth and like, um, and just like, we really love like that time we had at Regent, mm-hmm. which was a bit more than a year. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you, you and your story, you sort of you've sort of touched on this, but I, I know we know a little bit more in terms of your kind of story intertwining with politics and history, as you said, but then this kind of mission and cross-cultural mission work, um, particularly between Mexico and the US border. And could you share a little bit about your understanding of that and how how you've thought about that, how you've how that's kind of grown, particularly your understanding of sort of cross-border relations? And when there's immigration crises and <laughs> challenges and complexities and yeah. Yeah. That's a huge question. Yeah. But I'll, I'll try. <laughs> um, well, I mean, in the context in which I came to know Jesus and, and read the scriptures and, and, and dis- be discipled, um, discipleship was about all of life, of course. So, so all these things that had to do with politics and with uh, social responsibility, they had to do with our faith, and they were mm-hmm. they were actually mm-hmm. they were basic to faith. And that's that's all about like Latin American evangelical theology connected to Misión Integral to holistic mission. So that was what I what I learned um, as I was as I became a Christian high school university years as staff uh, with Compa with the student movement here. Um, so, so as I was living in a city, Tijuana, which is a border city, uh, the most visited border city in the world, um, receiving uh, short-term missions um, groups like by the thousands, um, wow. and just like also seeing a lot of the migration issues, uh, deportation, um, mm. all that was there in the context of when as I was learning about Jesus, and even before the questions I had about who how God was at work at the world. Um, and so those were questions I had, and those were questions I explored through the lenses of my own faith. Mm-hmm. So before coming to Regent, uh, we were, as as is 
evangelical student movement here in Tijuana in Mexico and in the US, we came together actually within a varsity and, and developed like learning projects um, in the summer, which we brought together students from both sides of the border to learn mm. about, about wow. the border, about immigration um, from people on both sides of the border, from mm. advocates, from pastors who were doing work. Um, and, and that was, and that experience called the Borderlands uh, Project was an experience that in, in many ways was crafted out of our own questions, our own struggle, mm. our own wanting to understand. Yeah. Um, um, and and that's, yeah, it was very formative and we were able to explore more and to know more people about just what was happening at the border, what we, what we, how God was inviting people in the church to understand border issues, cross-cultural issues. And, uh, and that kind of also um, shaped my own vocation because as I usually taught and was like sharing things that were for me very normal about what it looked like for people from two different cultures come together and learn from each other and do it in a, in a humble way, in a way we, mm-hmm. we acknowledge interdependence and not in a colonial way mm-hmm. of doing missions. Uh, for me, that was pretty normal. And as I taught, people were very, like, very challenged and mm-hmm. became like, so I was like, well, yeah, well, I mean, this is just the, how I've been formed in my faith and place has been key. Mm-hmm. Um, right. um, and, and in so many ways, like my husband and I both have written about this in, in some, in some places and have taught in different organizations in the, for different organizations in the U S who have come and done immersions in the border and more even when we had like massive migration mm-hmm. and we're also part of a church that's a migrant shelter um so yeah so it's so it's been been a part of my story not necessarily because I've wanted it but it's because it's it's what I felt God's been inviting me as I want to be faithful to the place where God has put me mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Alejandra I um am curious about this um idea and experience for the cross-cultural missions both short-term and long-term and your thoughts on it. I grew up in the Midwest and I grew up doing uh, what we called short-term mission trips actually in Tijuana and uh, a few other places in Mexico. And so this informed my understanding of mission, of even the word mission and mission trips. Um, And so I'm just curious as like how you've come to understand even that word mission or like mission trips and um in in your work even with like borderlands and even growing up in your in your context like how has this like you, your perspective been shaped and then even from like my my context like i guess what would you say or or help to how do i put it uh broaden my understanding mm-hmm. of of mission yeah no thank you for that um well, I, I don't think I, I don't think it's fair to call them short term mission trips. Um, mm-hmm. um, we we actually rebaptize them. So we, we, we would call them like uh, immersion trips or learning experiences or just like, uh, yeah, different things, because mm-hmm. um, I think it does something about like it, it just it it doesn't help with our understanding of mission, of course. Um, mm-hmm. And I understand mission is joining God and what he's doing in our world, right? And, and his mission of reconciliation. Um, but then when you pair it up with the short term, I think it, it does something in terms that I don't, I don't think it helps U.S. Americans and North Americans mm-hmm. in general, yeah. uh, because it just, it just um, continues to, um, to strengthen this idea that, that people in the West have a lot to bring and right. in terms of resources, wealth, money, and and theology, like quote unquote yeah. mm. uh, theology, in comparison to people at other places. So, so I, what I do think though is that we need cross cultural encounters. So we mm-hmm. need mm-hmm. people to come together to learn from each other. So I advocate for that for those opportunities for for North Americans to be able to come and learn. Mm-hmm. But how to do that in a way that dignifies, that recognizes God at work somewhere else, that actually um, makes an effort to understand more of the history, the language, the culture of the place mm-hmm. they're coming to. Um, and that means uh, 
that means more than just crossing a border, being uncomfortable and eating different things. It means mm. actually, uh, it means much more. And yeah. it also means to, to change a paradigm in which I think a lot of the North American church has grown as you, as you were kind of tell, saying, mm-hmm. um, but I do, I do think, um, short-term mid, like long-term experiences that exposes us to different cultures to what God is doing somewhere else is very important, mm. but how that's done is, mm-hmm. right. is key. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. 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 Can I just ask like with that, what would you say when serving cross-culturally or, um, being immersed cross-culturally is important for people to have? Like what attitude or posture would mm-hmm. you say? Yeah, I I mean, I, I've spoken on this um, and I think definitely humility, recognizing mm-hmm. that um, it's, it's, it's not us, it's not, it's not the person um, and we're all connected. So, so this understanding of, um, God is already at work. Uh, mm. How can I join? Uh, what can I learn? So humility, solidarity, um, mm. the fact, and, and I think solidarity actually also comes when we learn more about the history of places. Yeah. So a lot of what mm. we do mm-hmm. as we taught people about immigration and about the border was saying, well, a lot of the things that you're seeing here are a result of interventions of, mm. uh, of, um, of the U.S. government about like just ways that like literally uh, global economic injustices in many mm. ways. So so like I think understanding our interdependence and mm-hmm. and that allows us to become to come into in solidarity uh, with others. Mm. Um, curiosity I think mm. is very important. Yeah. Uh, and as we as we come as we enter a place. And 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 vulnerability and and the willingness to 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 offer yourself uh, for the for the long work of relationships mm-hmm. um, that won't happen in, in a trip or in an immersion. That's that's of course a process, right? And it requires a lot of understanding and a lot of complexity. Uh, but I think that's what's more trans- transformative in many mm-hmm. ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's really helpful. I wonder, yeah, super helpful. I wonder if um, there's this kind of culture of like we should all go and do that together, which kind of creates, I mean, it can be a bit weird. It's like you've got this whole group of people sort of coming and there is the immersion thing, but like, and I I mean, I'm hearing, I agree that thing. We need to be, we need to be putting ourselves in situations where we are crossing cultures, but should we be doing that all together in a big group wearing matching t-shirts? I'm guessing probably not, but do we need to do it in a group? Like what's the importance of doing something like that together versus someone sort of going on their own and seeking to engage mm-hmm. that way? Mm-hmm. What are thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, sometimes I don't think you need to go out of your own city kind of to kind of do that. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. so in some ways, um, I mean, there's, there's of course a value of doing things in community. Um, but, but also, as you were saying, like this caricature of like everyone with the matching t-shirt coming in a white band, uh, mm. parking in front of a church and then building a house, like that's stereotypical yeah. and, and, and that's not necessarily helpful. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, but then I've had people and friends who've come to want to learn and have either either come by themselves or come with a small group and without an agenda yeah. Of things, yeah. with more questions, desire to know, to understand. Um, but of course you need to have that relationship already, right? Yeah. yeah. You need to have or at least know which which organizations, uh, which partnerships would be helpful in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for people who are feeling this invitation to kind of like I, I want to expose myself cross-culturally. I want to learn more about what's happening. Mm. There are opportunities already within your context mm-hmm. to do that. Yeah. And, and I think that needs to be said. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit as well about the sort of long-term versus short-term thing and particularly in the context of, you were saying, in, in not a colonial kind of way, you know, so could mm-hmm. you just explore that for a little bit, the short-term, long-term mm-hmm. Um and then the not in a colonial kind of way, what mm-hmm. you mean by that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Um, I mean, I think this short term uh, exposures and things are, are are helpful for a lot of mm-hmm. people are important for them to happen also for for like for our students in Mexico, for Mexican students, uh, they were key because they they helped they helped them also to to know people from a different context, to see things mm-hmm. differently, uh, to actually learn about other things. like so so experiences that are short term that are well framed that come. Yeah that help people come in a good way, I think are good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for, for long-term um, service mission, um, I think, I mean, I, I've seen, I've seen good and bad examples yeah. in my own experience. Yeah. And, and uh, the good examples that I've seen is people who have actually, I mean, incarnated in, in the place, mm-hmm. just like come and want and understood what God is doing. And that's taking them time and figured that out and partnered with people within the, the local context and come under the leadership of people yeah. in the local context mm-hmm. and have not wanted to set their agendas, but actually figure out how, with what I have, can I better serve this community, this context? Mm-hmm. Um, of course, there's other, there's, there, there's ways of partnering in other places with people also from different contexts in the, in the, in the long-term mm-hmm. mission with like, um, unreached people groups and things like that. Um, and then when I, when I'm talk about coming in a non-colonial way, I think, I think it's, it's, a, it's this, so it's, it's about, mm-hmm. um, so I'll put an example that I, that I, I think helps. Um, there's this desire of like, um, wanting to, to bring good theology to places, to Latin America, to mm-hmm. do things like this. And, and, and there's a lot of translation of resources because there is a lot of resources in the West to still translate things, to do a lot of things like this. But, but some of this, this does more harm than good mm-hmm. because of course we don't have those questions. We're yeah. not interested in not. So, so we need to stop and think that and recognize that missions is not about the power of the resources, the opportunities I have. Mission is about what God is doing at the at a certain place. What like mm-hmm. how is God reconciling things there? Mm-hmm. And and to stop our desire to to control, to bring, mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has a lot of implications. Of course, mm-hmm. I can talk a lot about this, but um, yeah. So so I think. And it's about relationships and it's mm-hmm. about long-term relationships and it's mm-hmm. about figuring out uh, power issues and it's mm-hmm. about figuring out what we do and it's, it, and it's messier because, mm-hmm. um, but I think that doing missions in a different way is mm-hmm. about how we figure these out, these things together with the people we're trying to serve mm-hmm. and understanding that those people too, um, have a lot to teach me mm-hmm. and they and and so we're we're on the same boat yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. one of the things you mentioned earlier was uh mission integral um or whole holistic mission is that is that mm-hmm. right and i I, th- I believe that arose in in latin america uh if i'm not mistaken uh could you share like with us what that is and Mm-hmm. It seems like you've kind of been touching on it, but mm-hmm. yeah. Do you want to share with us what that is? Yeah, yeah. Mission Integral is this concept of understanding mission uh, as something that's not only about what we say, what we proclaim, but how we live. So it's that's why it's integral. It's holistic, and and um, and it was it, it was born in Latin America in a sense in the '60s by people like Rene Padilla, Samuel Escobar, and other men and women. Um, and it, it was in the context of um, they, they were actually part of uh, university. They were university students or part of the uh, IFS that was being pioneered at that moment. And um, and and there was um, liberation theology also at that point. Mm-hmm. So so um, Mission Integral was was an answer or a, a saying like, yeah, it's not only about a good theology, what we believe, what we proclaim, it's about how we live that and the repercussions of what we believe of the kingdom mm-hmm. of God in the place. So, so Mission Integral is, is this, is this the emphasis about, about both things like right. the, 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 um, 
the you the example that's used most of the time is about an airplane in which it has two wings and you can't separate proclamation from uh from the living out the gospel mm-hmm. so the gospel has both both mm-hmm. wings and the invitation and there's a big emphasis on the kingdom of god uh in mission integral which is the the inbreaking of the kingdom comes with jesus and we as a church are signs and symbols of that and so we have to live under the realization of the kingdom of God and its ethics, its values. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't bring the kingdom of God, but God, uh, but God is already right. uh, bringing his kingdom. And how do we live under that reality? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really expands the, the gospel, the, the narrow view of the gospel, just being about saving souls exactly. and uh, salvation, getting away from this place. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you, Alejandro, can you talk a little bit about IFES? So um, from what I can tell, I think IFES is trying to do a really good job of sort of Im- sort of integrating into different places and having kind of um, leadership in different places. But ha- talk to us about IFES. How does, but how does that work and how does, what, what's IFES trying to do? And these university students always have great ideas. So I feel like, as you say, like these things are always often emerging out of university students. So why, what is IFES kind of? How how you, how does um, how is that working in different places and how does it look maybe how does it look different in different places mm-hmm. based on where it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, as I said, IFS is the International Fellowship of Evangelical Students, and this is actually like the umbrella organization for more than 160 uh, national movements around the world, which have different names, yeah. um, wow. and there's one for each country. Well, for most of the countries in the world, and IFS is celebrating their 75th anniversary. Um, 70, yeah, this this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been it's been on for a while now. And 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 IFS is all about basically students. So it's about um, helping students uh, come to know Jesus, live out uh, following Jesus in their university years, invite others to G- know Jesus, but also live out their lives as disciples of Jesus uh, in Latin America. Misión Integral has been has been something that I I mean it's part of who we are as IFS mm-hmm. in Latin America, and one of the things that we've been trying to do more not only in Latin America but but around IFS is um, trying to en- engage the university um, on its own terms. So what does that yeah. mean? It it means basically understanding the university context that we're in, uh, the, the things that are happening, the conversations that are, that are going on and how do we actually equip our students, um, to, to have a broad understanding of the gospel of scriptures so that they connect, uh, yeah. those things, what's happening in the university, the conversations, their own academic disciplines to their faith and mm. live out, um, connected in, mm-hmm. uh, integ- integrally in, 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 in their, in their life and vocations. So, so yeah, so that's what we're trying to do. So that means that we walk along. I mean, it looks different in, in many places. Yeah. There's places that have a lot of staff working with students in Latin America. Most of the time it's you sh- it's everything student led. So that mm-hmm. means that there's a lot of space for students to do a lot of things, but they're, but the idea is to walk with university students to provide training, to become friends with them, to encourage them to do initiatives that do this connection of their faith in the university issues, mm. and then to continue living and following Jesus wherever God leads them. Um, and I work with um, a particular program in Latin America that's trying to do more of that, but with um, uh, graduate students, post postgraduate students. Um, mm-hmm and professors and wanting and also encouraging them and helping for yeah train them more in the sciences and faith dialogue so that yeah. they can do um they they can work on projects that that do this with, with science and faith yeah yeah, that yeah was... that's that's interesting and i wonder if there's if there's more you can say on that in terms of what sorts of questions are university students in latin america and again it's probably a big mm-hmm. question so maybe the science and faith thing seems like one kind of area that's interesting that that student you're trying to sort of help students with are there what are there what are the other kind of big trends or kind of questions that you guys are sort of navigating and coming alongside side students with mm-hmm. yeah yeah I mean not not in some in some sense not 
not different from other places, but mm-hmm. mental health issues are, are yeah. huge. Uh, more and more in Latin America. Uh, we deal a lot with violence, uh, discrimination, racism, um, mm-hmm. corruption. So those are things that are also there and present in the universities and in the conversations. Uh, we are facing more and more uh, polarization in our societies. Um, and and students don't know how to dialogue, don't know how yeah. to enter into places, into conversations. Christian students especially uh, have I think less resources to do this. Uh, mm. So that's been something that we've been trying to do in Latin America. How do we help students actually enter into conversations? Yeah. Um, and yeah, and actually the science and faith thing is huge. Mm. Uh, we've received so much um, specific theology from the West in terms of how to understand the science and theology mm. Mm. Um, relationship that we have to, we've had to undo a lot mm, yeah. <laughs> um, and, um, and, and broaden the conversation and the understanding. Um, so, yeah, so actually there's a lot of, around this. And when I say science and faith conversations and dialogue, I don't mean like just the natural sciences or the heart mm-hmm. science, like literally like everything, the human mm-hmm. and social sciences. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. So we have projects around Latin America that are addressing things like um, violence, uh, yeah. use of um, and and in Mexico particularly, uh, helping um, Christian students, non-Christian and Christian students understand violence from um, in their mm-hmm. context and how can how can they also fight against violence against mm-hmm. violence in them and in, in their own societies. We have projects around the arts because uh, Latin Americans like really like uh, artistic expressions. And so how do we connect this to our faith? And we have things around um, creation care, a lot mm. of a lot of needs around this, mental health. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think what, what mm. I'm on. Yeah, but violence against women, so gender issues right. and all this. Yeah. 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 wonder if, Alejandro, you could just share with us a few particular stories maybe like one or two in which this is um, even the, even the approach, the holistic approach that um, IVS is, is uh, coming from that where this is manifested in a student's life, um, mm. whether it be the, something they're working on in school, like how, mm-hmm. like that's been in very, their faith and mm-hmm. their vocation or what they're doing has been like integral in the kingdom of God breaking in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I can I can think of several examples of people. Um, mm-hmm. So um, there's Sandra, who's a who's a who just did her, finish her PhD in social psychology. She was a student in Compa and the student in the student movement, and um, and as she was doing her 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 studies in the university, a student. Uh, disappeared. So this is this is actually common uh, mm. in Mexico. So there's a lot of disappearances, abductions. Mm. So a student from from uh, the university she was at disappeared, and everyone uh, was looking. I mean, they were looking for it, but it ha- is connected to to um, state violence and to violence itself and mm-hmm. to drug trafficking. Um, and and she made it. Her PhD uh, dissertation was around how to accompany. Um, the groups of, of people who are looking for the disappeared family members. Um, and, and, and she would say that it was because of her, of her own, of course, her own questions, her own desires, but also her faith that she wanted to connect mm-hmm. uh, what she was studying in ways to serve. And also in, in, in places where you, it's hard to find how the kingdom of God is at work, of course, mm-hmm. in the dark situations. Mm-hmm. And then, she started to create projects to help, uh, well, actually not projects, but an initiative to train and to help university students uh, understand more about how peace and justice and violence uh, from a biblical perspective come together and what place can we play in this, like in dire circumstances and such Mm. and like, so, so it, and it's been her faith, it's been her desire to continue walking with Jesus, to connect her academic vocation, but also be a practi- practitioner that led her into all this. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, so she's she's a friend of mine, and I admire her, of course. And but 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 these this is an example of just mm-hmm. how how there's others who have, who've lived out like this. Yeah. Um, and I can think also of um, some uh, someone else, Marcio from Brazil, for example, and he's uh, he's doing his PhD in, in in art and architecture, and he he was very interested in about just like how we could see um motif like religious art how that talked connected helped us understand more about the beliefs of people mm. and then now he's trying he's walking alongside students who feel called to the arts but can't see how their faith connects to that so he's working right. on wow. them he's a professor in a brazilian university and and he's doing this kind of work um integrating what he loves uh with serving others with teaching um yeah. So, so he's, he's another person. And then mm. last one, last one, mm-hmm. uh, That's good. there's, there's Johnny from Guatemala who, um, who, who did his master's on development and environment. Um, I can't remember exactly, but he, he basically, he was thinking a lot about what like creation care issues uh, and also just climate change and, and, and wanting to see what 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 pl- place do we play here? What do we mm. do? And these are his area academic areas since he was studying um, in university. So he's now like wanting to help students also uh, understand more about creation care and what part mm. people can play in the church, and and it's just part of his discipleship process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. we hope you've been enjoying this wonderful conversation. But Claire wanted to take a few seconds just to share some ways you could get involved more in the Regent College podcast. Totally. We at Regent, we love people being a part of the things that we're doing. And so there's a couple of different ways you can do that. If you've enjoyed this conversation or any of our other conversations, let someone know. Share it with them. Share it with a family member, with a friend, with someone who you think would appreciate this and would love to hear it. That's the first way. Mm-hmm. Second way, you could you could give us a rating or write a little uh, comment on one of the, on wherever you listen to your podcast. That would be another great way. And then the final way that you could uh, participate with us is if you've enjoyed the podcast and you'd like to give a donation to Regent College, then we would warmly receive that. You can do that by heading to rgnt.net forward slash give. And, you know, in the comment box, let them know that we sent you. Right, Nick? That's right. We do love hearing when people have appreciated the podcast. And so let you can let Nick know by sending an email to podcast at regent-college.edu. When Nick and I are having these conversations, it's sometimes hard for us to realise that actually people listen to these. And so when we get emails or we get a little note in the comment box on the donation page of our website, it just reminds us that people are actually listening and we love that. So please let us know that you're listening. Let us know if there are things that different profs that you'd like to hear from. We'd love to hear from you. So thanks for listening. And we hope you enjoy the rest of the conversation. Alejandra, I'm wondering about the kind of, and this is maybe like, this is just a random question, the difference between the Portuguese speaking parts of Latin America and the Spanish speaking parts of Latin America. How does, like, are there, are there, are there differences? I mean, of course there are differences, but how how does, like, talk to us about that or (laughs) I don't know, whatever you want to say. Yeah. We understand each other. Yeah. Um, Right. Like, so, so of course there are differences because the language is different, but, um, but you don't have to speak Portuguese uh, to understand right. uh, when 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 someone's speaking, and, and the same the same yeah. on on the other way. And and usually when you've been with uh, a Brazilian Portuguese speaker uh, for a while, you start speaking Portuñol, what we call it, <laughs> but like Portuguese <laughs> and Espanol, so in Spanish. So um, um, yeah, so there's differences definitely, um, but there's also I mean. We're united by the same colonial history, right? Right, and mm. and in the same suffer the suffer similar similar circumstances of injustice, racism, oppression. So, so yeah. So I mean, at least within IFES, um, we we're, we're part of the same region, and and, and we acknowledge that, mm-hmm. like just the the differences. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's so. What is it? Port, what do you say? It's Portugal. 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 That sounds like a great language. <laughs> Maybe I should try and learn that. And there's yeah. words that you can only like that only communicate in Portuguese, like right. Like, yeah, so that we use them sometimes, like yeah, 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 yeah. No, it makes mm. sense. No, that, and that's what I was thinking as well in terms of the same kind of colonial history, and so mm-hmm. obviously some of the same kind of ideas and theological kind of 
wrestlings and kind mm. of all those yeah. that make sense. I wonder, can we go back just briefly into some of the the Borderlands kind of kind of conversation? Um, and you you were talking about the importance of understand the history of somewhere in order to actually, as you know, in particularly in terms of mission and engaging cross-culturally and things like that. Can you talk to us a little bit about the the immigration crisis there between Tijuana, the San Diego border? Mm. How do we, how do we understand that and lament that history? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my husband and I were actually at Regent when, uh, when massive migration started. Um, right. Um, in 2016 and the Haitian migration was, was the one that arrived in Tijuana by the thousands. Hmm. Um, and, and I remember like, just, uh, we, we saw, we, from afar, we were looking at beautiful examples of churches opening up their, their, their places of their meeting places to just, uh, offer a place for, for the, for the Haitians who were arriving in the city. And our church was one of those, hmm. uh, 20 churches in the, in the city. Tijuana has a, like hundreds of churches, yeah. Yeah. churches. so uh, but anyway like around 20 but a lot of churches came together and 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 I remember just talking with with Abdel with my husband and saying like well of course this was a matter of time um uh you cannot you can't see the situation of Haitian migration without seeing the part that U.S governments played in it of course there's disasters there because of the earthquake and everything but just the the political interventions uh which well, i'll go in de- i won't go into detail that create situations of more injustice and oppression within mm. a country um well people eventually have to flee and mm. the same happens in central america and and that's that that's a history and, and in mexico with the north american free trade agreement in the past that um that made people not being able to work the fields within our country. And there's a huge and massive need of people needing to work the fields in the U.S. And people and the U.S. having a very porous border in which people, of course, can come, but only the ones who are fit to work because you mm-hmm. have to cross the border, right? Which requires to have to have some strength mm-hmm. and keeping people out. But then when you don't need them, you start massive deportation. So, so I mean, like those things for me, because I studied history in university, like I read those things. I mean, they're not, they're, they don't come from a left leftist perspective. Yeah, right. just history you want once read when you do history of Latin America mm. about just how the U S has intervened particularly, but not only uh, the U S but, um, and, and those things have consequences, mm-hmm. <laughs> have consequences into, into how people live in their own, in their own mm-hmm. country. So as we look at massive migration, it wasn't that people suddenly said, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna start migrating in in huge numbers." Mm. It had to do with the fact that Mexico is a is a very very dangerous country for migrants mm. because of our own issues with drug trafficking and with corrupt police, and also with the fact that we um, that we need to make it harder for people to come through our country in order mm-hmm. to get to the U.S. So the only way people could migrate at that point was if they did it massively because they were protecting mm. themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, that, I mean, that's a piece of just understanding the history right. and reality. Yeah. Um, and I also, I mean, of course, there's a lot of miscommunication, misunderstanding. There's a lot of people being uh, um, de- um, deceived as they're doing this and a lot of interests there, political and so uh, whatever. But, but these are realities that have to do with just understanding history, understanding um political history, understanding mm-hmm. social history, understanding um, um, just basic stuff around about, around what's what's happened between mm-hmm. countries. Um, and and for, I think for, for us, at least in Mexico and Tijuana, uh, we understand, we see this interdependence like mm-hmm. very, very, very easily. I mean, mm-hmm. Tijuana and San Diego are in a sense uh, one, one region divided by a by an infamous wall, uh, but but the but but there's you can't you can't separate them like they mm-hmm. do depend like there's a dependence there that I think is very important for the church to acknowledge um, right. that goes beyond uh, national borders nationalist like passports you hold yeah. so I don't know like things like that have to, that I think I'm mixing but I'm I'm talking about like yes we need to understand history but also question some of our theological assumptions as totally. we as we see this right, right. yeah yeah. Oh, it's helpful. I think 
what I'm hearing you say is in order to lament, we actually have to understand what went on and and even why uh, this mass migration happens as well. It sounds like your church and many churches um, are like ref, refuges for for migrants. And I guess a question with with border relations and immigration is in what um, in in the lamenting, what ways can we imagine a, a better future, or or what what does that what does that look like for for even your own context? Yeah, I mean, I, I want to take also the, the issue on lament because, um, and just offer something around mm. lament itself because, um, I mean, of course, lament is part of part of our of our heritage as Christians, mm. Uh, mm-hmm. and we have it in the scriptures clearly, um, but I think it's also very forgotten, right? So, um, mm. but I I think that for me and um, and this is also connected to to I to my my walk within IFES. A lot of our songs within IFES Latin America um, are songs that lament our, our our situations, our realities, um, social realities, and and I think that's been really formative for me because um, I don't think I could I could have stayed with hope, like uh, had hope and endured seeing a lot of things that I've seen if I didn't if I wasn't in the possibility to lament if I didn't yeah, have that liberty yeah. if I didn't know that God invites us and that he also laments the situations that we see and that we see other people endure mm-hmm. um so so yeah so I think I've, I've invited once and once and again uh people uh, other people to 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 enter into lament about these situations yeah. and about what we see and about all the injustices um because there, there's something there that lament doesn't, I mean, it doesn't leave us there. Mm, like, yeah, it does, mm. it does. It does change something within us, right? It brings us into into more compassion. It it mm-hmm. it, it, it 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 allows us to see things differently and to see God in the midst of suffering. Mm. Um, so yeah, so I forgot your question, Nick, but no, I want to good. offer this about lament. But please, please do do tell ask again. But no, I just... you, I want. Well, I wanted you to. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you shared that too. It's it's even before hoping or imagining a better future, you have to enter into lament. You have to be willing to go there. And so I think I think and that kind what of is. like it's sort of like in order to kind of imagine something different and to hope for something different, you do right. have to have. A shared reality of what is, and that yeah. is takes. There's lament needed yeah. in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think just the question in that is how, what does that look like for even even your context, maybe your church body that you guys are thinking of? Like, what does it look like to imagine uh, a better future, a more hope filled, seeded future? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's where that's where my hope in the kingdom of God. Is, is 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 key it's strength strengthened it's um um i mean if we didn't have if i didn't have this understanding of the kingdom that will come that that jesus mm. will will finish uh consummating in, in our mm-hmm. world i think there wouldn't be I, I couldn't be hopeful for anything if mm-hmm. it was just about like oh we'll we're, we'll we'll forget about what happened here we'll just mm-hmm. go somewhere else I don't know that that would that wouldn't make sense, but mm-hmm. it's not like that, right? So it's it's about yeah. So I think having this understanding of the kingdom of God that will repair and reconcile and is making things new mm-hmm. um, is what brings brings hope. It's what it and it's what actually allows me to to keep both things at, in my in my hands, like just. Yeah. The, the suffering and the lament and what the things I do, but also the hope and live yeah. in that, in that, in that tension. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. So like in, in my church, of course, every Sunday there's different stories and we sit sometimes at the table and share a meal and hear like literally devastating stories of mm. violence, of displacement, of abuse. Um, but then there's so much about, the faith and the hope of the people who are sharing the stories too. And and then there's the church 
which is which doesn't have a lot of resources um that's opening up and having people sleep at at their main meeting hall um that says something about the kingdom and 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 there's mm -hmm. yeah so i don't know like there's some there i i feel like um i've i've come to see more of the kingdom of god in in the places where you would least expect mm -hmm. um mm. but that's wow. not some following jesus into his kingdom and to this understanding and living under that under that reality i think it's not something that you can do cognitively i think it's something that requires one's one oneself to walk mm -hmm. into and right. into where god is bringing his kingdom and that's usually not places of power mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's right. usually not where resources and control and money are necessarily doing the thing it's where totally. where god is yeah 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 oh i feel like that's like a mic drop moment alejandra mm -hmm. to like kind of just like <laughs> it's so good um just as we kind of wrap up here what's what are your kind of thoughts and plans Next, so you're working at the moment with postgrad students and professors and and that project. You talked a little bit about that, but what are you? That's obviously keeping on going. What else is next for you? What are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I'm watching my girls grow up. They're <laughs> two and five. They keep us on our toes and yeah. with a lot of questions and busy. And um, and I'm I mean, with working with PhD students, got me thinking that I kind of also needed to to continue with my PhD with with doing a PhD so I'm on I'm on that probably start something in the next couple of years mm -hmm. um, missiology theology um and wanting to yeah so I'll, I'll probably doing that uh we'll, mm -hmm. we'll stay in Tijuana for at least for what, what we see at this point yeah uh, my husband is part of the pastoral team at the church we're part of um yeah so we're here yeah. we live in community um and we have a lot of help from the grandparents who so we're not planning on moving at this point so. yeah that's right <laughs> yeah. Don't, like, yeah. <laughs> don't give that up just yet yeah <laughs> that's so good it's been so good to talk with you and so like lovely to see how the work that you were doing before coming to Regent has in some ways just got deeper and richer and it's kind of mm -hmm. grown and all of that so thanks so much for your time Alejandra and yeah bless you thanks so much thank you thank you <laughs> yeah. pleasure Thanks for listening to the Regent College Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To discover more about Regent College, its upcoming events, conferences, courses, and more content like this, visit rgnt.net. That is rgnt.net.